There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Fifth Dimension, a Twilight Zone podcast, where we host the weekly Owen Wilson podcast as well. Wow. Uh, we are, of course, wow. a podcast that talks about Twilight Zone, <laughs> talks about the Twilight Zone, and uh, all that good stuff. We are uh, talking about an interesting episode this week. We'll see how it lands, but we'll talk about it in a second. But before we begin, hit us up on uh, you know YouTube's on my channel for the episodes. Hit us up on Apple Podcasts and. Google Play and uh, uh, T-shirts are us and wows and wows and wows, you know, those, those types of things. So, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> so, so as always, those voices you hear are, of course, uh, the man who ain't got no intro with dolphin noises, uh, Jacob from Jacob Fander Reviews. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Jacob? I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. good. I'm looking forward yeah. to talking about this this episode I've heard so much about. I know we might we might actually get in a physical altercation. So we might it might take yeah. a few hours to get to that altercation, but we might get there at some point. You know, maybe across the bridges of a uh, podcast or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, bridges of pudding. Yeah, there's lots yes. of pudding yes. shoulders. Of <laughs> bridges of pudding. You're see a car a with man. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna see a car pull up, and it's gonna be Dan Adams. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, the other voice you hear is the one that's always delivering the boost to the pole of that invigorates the podcast. <laughs> and that, of course, is Triv. But really, hey, really, a- really, when we boil down to these two individuals are the pistol whips of my heart. They constantly <laughs> shoot things. And, uh, uh, what's going on, Triv? How you doing? Uh, you know, doing all right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't know how to boost polls, but I can most certainly try. <laughs> yes. And if, if you don't know, those two jokes are a couple of uh, new things we'll talk about at the end of the episode. But there are a couple of new things that both podcast hosts are dealing with right now which uh they might need to have looked at in the hospital (laughs) you're the beat to my saber (laughs) wow Wow. you're the you're the lace to my three-told converse oh man i'm the the cookies to the macadamia cookies to the the uh bruno mars sabering I don't know where I'm going with this. Just, <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna try and pick it up, but uh, I don't know. You lost. I was yeah. gonna say you're the cookie shooter to the dino hand of my heart, or something like oh, that. Man. We could just do Theodore Rex puns oh, all God. night. With- Can we not and say we did? I spent like, ugh, I don't need that one again for a while. I'm, <laughs> my brain did suffer some damage from that. That oh, and steel. Let's talk about steel too. Oh, oh can God. we not movie say we talk about Kazam while we're at it? Oh, yeah. God. Talk about and we can get into how is it Kazam or Shazam? Was Sinbad in a movie called Shazam? Or was it <laughs> is this the Mandela, Mandela effect? effect I'm just gonna say <laughs> I saw a movie recently, honestly, that uh, uh centers its plot, part of it centers around that very thing. Oh my god. Yeah. Sounds interesting. I don't want to say what movie because it's a spoiler, but um recently reviewed that's a fascinating it. concept was it, was it glitter <laughs> <laughs> how did you know <laughs> no like no shit there is a movie a newer movie out there 
that that is at the heart of the story that Sinbad was in a movie called Shazam and not uh, Shaq Kazam. as Kazam. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> thing in the movie too. It's a really big thing. And it's one of the parts of the movie that I liked. The rest nice. can go to hell. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> look forward to that on whenever Jacob loses his mind and edits the video. <laughs> so. No, the review's already out. Oh, you just got to figure out I which just, one. Th- that particular uh, piece is a spoiler to the movie, so uh, I can't say what movie okay. it is. <laughs> wow. I gotcha. <laughs> wow. 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 <sighs> so this is this is the actual episode we are uh this is what we were doing as we were watching this episode, which I talked about last week being my uh it's either between this or the obsolete man is like my favorite Twilight Zone episode. I know from what I've gathered so far that you guys might not be as high on it as I am, but I'm pretty sure you still enjoy the episode. Um today we're talking sucked. about Yes, we're officially we're officially you know knock down drag out fighting this is what jacob always wanted on this when he came on this podcast is a a pure breakdown of societal norms yeah <laughs> gets in the car and drives however many hours down and then yeah. comes the next door and beats his face in yeah triv is like i'm just here with the popcorn yeah exactly well i'm far too far away to get there in any decent time so exactly just uh bounce around i don't know with dinosaurs so anyways uh so today we are talking about what is considered one of the greatest episodes of the series which i always thought this series this episode came later in this series like season two or three but apparently season one just wanted to to shoot off its load in the first season with these episodes there you go yeah, it's fu- <laughs> i'm no, rubbing I'm off on them people <laughs> yeah. well but think about this like you're rubbing up again rubbing, rubbing them off you're rubbing up against Nick. The what the hell <laughs> yeah but no seriously like like the fourth episode was timing up at last which i was like really and then like the purple testament and then you know this episode which it's just crazy to think about like we still have like other episodes that are amazing in this season that haven't even come up yet. But the episode we're talking about is, of course, season one, episode 22, which is the monsters who do on Maple Street or Maple Street, however you want to pronounce it, if you, depending on where you're from in the country. Um, it is an episode that is directed by Ronald Winston, it is very important to Ron Sterling, as you can tell from the episode if you've ever seen it, which I know 99% of the population has seen this episode at some point or fashion. Um, production code 173 which is the 20th episode recorded, aired on March 4th, 1960, right in time for uh, Cinco de Mayo. Or no, that's Cinco de Mayo, May. Uh, what would come May in, what, what comes in March? St. Patty's Day. Yeah, St. Patty's Day. So you need to get drunk when you watch this episode. Woo! I'm um, drunk all the time anyway. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm drinking Zevia, so I'm not really that drunk right now. But I did drink some uh, vodka last night during the uh, playoff game, so that was interesting. Okay, coffee. <laughs> I got this um, cup over here. I still don't know what's or in it. Or am I? <laughs> you never uh, know what's episode... in the flower cup. <laughs> there you go. I like it. That's why that's why you're so funny. You're you're like the guy in friends who when they make him stop drinking, he gets unfunny, that type of thing. So so this episode stars a lot of people. It stars a lot of people, but the most the people that are most important are Claude Akins as Steve Brand, Barry Atwater as Les Goodman, Jack Weston as Charlie Farnsworth, uh Burton McCaff, who is actually probably the biggest actor in this whole entire episode who plays uh no, I'm sorry, Jack Weston is the most important important person like actor wise. Uh, Burt McCaff, who plays Don, Amzie Strickland, who plays Unnamed Neighbor, 
and uh and i just said that there were some neighbors that just didn't have names they're just unnamed and uh ann barton is miss brand so this is like the fan the, like the most important of the characters but i want to know uh, who played the poor guy that uh ended up being shot in the face that was uh pete that was ben Irway, who has no wikipedia page so well that's not right dude got shot in the face i mean i think he deserves a wikipedia page for that alone yeah, that unnamed was... neighbor gets a wikipedia page <laughs> i know bastards the hell and then i know <laughs> <laughs> um but okay so this episode is an episode that is one of the most prescient episodes i think you'll ever watch in the twilight zone this episode could literally stand on its own as being a, a cautionary tale for every decade imaginable in the history of the world mm-hmm. or the United States, especially. Um, of course, this episode came out during the Cold War, so there was a lot of paranoia going on. Mm-hmm. But the way these people act, and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of it, but the way these people act is you see it on the news. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat around the bush. You see it on the news. There are these types of people out there right now, and it's it's a big <laughs> fucking mess at the moment, but that's i well, go ahead go ahead go ahead say it go ahead. I, I was just no, gonna I, say I, I know. no no go ahead oh Someone i was just gonna something. say i i well the, the thing about this episode just from the offset is that anyone can can you know kind of fall yeah. into that trap of of that and i mean yeah i guess you know, that's kind of it you don't know what i was thinking for a good portion of this episode if it's not porn i don't want to know about it <laughs> well i mean yeah it could be i mean it, it could be porn if there's not porn of it is our duty to make porn of it but, exactly i mean it could um, turn into an orgy i mean to be fair but, i could talk an hour about my thoughts on what this episode means but anyways i thought you were gonna say about porn but um <laughs> well, i could do that too for hours but no all i thought about especially once we get to a certain point in the episode mm-hmm. all that kept running through my head was evil dies tonight <laughs> and those oh, of you that know you know exactly uh, unfortunately i wish i didn't know but i know. <laughs> well i mean the one of the trivia pieces was how the episode served as a major influence um for movies like the trigger effect and the mist which i, I don't the i'm not effect. i've not i'm not it's been forever since i've seen it but like the mist like there are certain points at this where you like there's one character where you look at him and go Holy shit! Are you written like beat for beat for the one chick in 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 the mist? Especially yeah. Charlie's character, one chick. Yes. Yeah. Well, there was a one chick too that was very like she was the uh, female equivalent without the loud shirt mm-hmm. of Charlie. He's the unnamed neighbor. Yeah, one of several. <laughs> um, so that's the question that I have for you guys. I know you know this episode. I know you've seen this episode. Do you remember this episode? Is this something that you clearly remember what happens at the end? Like I said, it's literally one of the episodes they premiere every year on Twilight Zone Day. It's the considered one of the most influential episodes of the series. But do you guys remember it very well? Have you I know, you know, for instance, Jacob, you haven't seen a lot of these episodes for 20 years, but I'm assuming you know this episode well enough, right? Um no? yeah. I mean, when it started, I was like, okay, I remember this one. So I remember seeing this one and I knew like it's not it's not hard to find out like what direction it's going and what the yeah. subtext are. They're pretty it's pretty straightforward. Bam, you know. Now like where it goes like in the very, very end of it, I thought I was kind of like, I think that's it. It's been so long though. I knew that there was what the twist, what the twist is at the end. I was like, I think that's it. It's either that or this other thing 
but I knew it was going to be something. Basically, I remembered pretty much where it was going. Yeah, I couldn't. The thing that happens in the end with the hammer man, I uh, I had I didn't remember that. Right, right. Which is really kind of weird, but you know, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that when we get there. But I, uh, I MC Hammer shows up. Oh wow, nice. Yeah. With, a, with a baggy pants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his pants, pants are kind of yeah. His pants are kind of yeah, baggy. I, yeah, I had some in the early '90s, and I'm not ashamed of it. I wish I <laughs> I'm too legit to quit those. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> um, I I did like I I remember the general premise of the story. I I kind of had not forgotten, but like there were things that happened like throughout the middle of it that I I kind of had forgotten about as far as like whether they happen or not. So watching, rewatching it for tonight, I was kind of like, oh, well, I think this is probably going to happen. And then it's like, oh, that's not the thing that happened. So, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I think it hits me the hardest because of the stuff, you know, cause I, I'm very much probably shouldn't, but I watch the news a lot and it, you, know, you watch these people do these kinds of things and it just, it, nothing ever seems to change. And when you watch an episode like this, you know, this isn't what I would call the episode I would watch every single time. You know, I'd probably go to something like, I don't know, a fun episode like Elegy or something like that. But I think it's an episode that has a lot to say and has very many things to say that I'm sure Rod Sterling was feeling at the time more than anything. But to kind of start out, the episode opens up pretty quickly, actually. It doesn't it doesn't waste any time getting to its plot, except... Uh, we see an ice cream man. He's walking down the street, a beam of light, you know, because they're apparently listening to who's in blinded by the light. Was that Billy Joel? Blinded by the light. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're like singing blinded by the light because they're getting like blinded by the light and shit. And the, the ice cream man from from allergy shows up, yeah. too, and he's handing out, you know, I don't know, formaldehyde cones or something. <laughs> Yeah, this is what this is when Nan Adams shows up to kill the ice cream man to put him on the <laughs> asteroid. <laughs> there you go, the livable asteroid. Um, Dude, the 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 um leave it to Beaver vibes when it first starts. Oh my god, so strong. Well, that's actually intentional, and um, I'll let Jacob read the narration, but it's actually intentionally like supposed to be like that for because you because you like you said you always watch like leave it to Beaver and you never think about like what happens after the show ends. You just think about like the the good nature, you know beaver and shit whatever his name was and so um yeah go ahead because the uh, opening narration is actually in two parts they do a little bit of uh um, stuff and then they go to the other part but i'll let you read the whole thing if you want i'm just i'm gonna do it all in one part <laughs> doing it live, <clears throat> doing it live. fuck it fuck it <laughs> maple street usa late summer tree-lined little world of front porch gliders barbecues the laughter of children and the bell of an ice cream vendor At the sound of the roar and flash of light, it will be precisely 6.43 p.m. on Maple Street. This is Maple Street on a late Saturday afternoon. Maple Street in the last calm and reflective moment before the monsters came. So this is clearly a uh, a prequel to uh, the invaders from Mars, I think it is, because it says monsters. This episode is completely about the shit we think up when we're just at our wit's end, when things are going wrong, when paranoia is happening, when, you know, the cow jumped over the moon and the rocket went through the slide and And evil dies tonight. (laughs) Evil dies tonight. (laughs) Or McDonald's comes out with the make your own meal burger and fish and whatever they came out with recently. 
basically what ends up happening is the neighbors all group together. This is where we meet Steve and Charlie and Wes and Don and all these people. And I know the guys, all the guys that are just assholes. And the women are in the background. Yeah, exactly. And there's like one kid. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Tommy. Yes. <laughs> no, I just mean, um, but honestly, like there's at the beginning there's a bunch of kids, but then the only kid that comes out in any force is Tommy. It's weird. Because yeah, Tommy's he, fucking he's hardcore. A, yes. He's a he's a maleficent of this week, by the way. The Millie Vanilli of this week. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. Um, yeah. So anyway, so they see a big bright light in the sky. They they think it's a meteor, they think it's you know nothing and you know they blame sunspots like, that's so weird yeah it can, it, it, real quick, uh, do mean, meteors thing that happens but do meteors just i mean i'm sure they do drop out of the sky every day but i mean in this neighborhood are they just like an everyday thing that they pass by all the time and they're like because they're just like what was that i think it was a meteor hey hun that was a meteor there i think <laughs> meteor just went over you know yeah they're another super one calm with that, lights that's... yeah yeah, the weird, the weird calm that they handle it with. It's like if a meteor struck like that close to my house, I'd be like, okay, you know what? The 1980s version of the blob is coming to get me. Yeah. I'm with going to the lights, basement. Lights and sounds coming from this meteor. I mean, yeah. Find, find George Clooney because there's some killer tomatoes coming, you know, that type yes. of thing. Yes. No, They're actually, attacking. you remember back like, a, I think it was like three or four years ago when there was a thing that flashed across the sky it was a it was a meteor or whatever flashed across the sky in russia and everybody took footage of it it was like really bright and everybody oh, started yeah. freaking out thinking it was like an alien invasion or a nuclear bomb or some shit that's kind of yeah. like what's happening here except they just don't know what the hell they're talking about that type of thing <laughs> yeah. but it wasn't that it was a meteor man yeah. wow it's a big meteor. wow, wow. wow. <laughs> meteor man <laughs> davidson anybody else get that <laughs> <laughs> terrible movie but anyway oh god that movie <laughs> is real bad not. yeah no. it's like it's like um a blank man oh god <laughs> who i always felt like was an offshoot of handyman but handyman was so much better but i guess you can't make that movie that's like never orgasmo. underestimate <laughs> no oh, i love that movie never underestimate the power of the handicap <laughs> nick's cutting that shit <laughs> You cannot talk about anything from an eleven color. It's offensive. <clears throat> yeah, it really, it really surprising how offended people get when you talk about <laughs> Last of Us in a movie about Gaia or whatever. It's so stupid. I hate, I hate comments. Um, <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, so they they have all these questions. Put the powers out. The cars aren't working. Electronics basically went went dead. They try to put they a light bulb in. The, <laughs> The light, the, they try to put a light bulb and they have like the, the little switch thing, like the pull down string, which I didn't know was a thing. Apparently it was. Uh, it was the 60s. Light. Everything was, yeah. was, was pull string. Was pulled down. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And this is where they start like grouping together and they're questioning everything. And this is when Tommy decides he's going to do the back to the future kid thing where he's going to come out and just, you know, like ejaculate all this fucking knowledge on people and shit. And it's just like, <laughs> man i'm rubbing off on you guys so bad. <laughs> he just sprays yeah. it everywhere <laughs> i mean i got a new mic so i gotta break it in somehow you know that type of thing but uh, that's how you break in a mic you, you spray it everywhere yeah. exactly kind of yeah. weird uh, <laughs> skeeting all over the place <laughs> yeah but anyway so tommy's 
basically he is he's like his aliens and they're over us and they're landing and you'll never leave this block and i read it in, know, the, picture read book. It in the comic book yep. yeah i read a picture <laughs> book and it's like it's like when you watch a movie and you have the kid with the imagination but he sees like uh he does like the cry wolf thing and all of a sudden he is attacked and he does the cry wolf thing again but nobody believes him that's what's going on here they're like go away the adults are talking we're trying to figure out what's going on so pete van horn decides he's going to go to the next block to figure out what the problem is and uh he disappears for a while until a certain incident later on but you know it's basically it starts the the slow ticking of the brains because this kid's an idiot slow ticking of the brains because he's also these people in the neighborhood are idiots of the paranoia that starts kind of uh unleashing when less comes into the mix but you know i mean it starts out just kind of normal and then things start to slowly kind of build to evolve to yeah devolve into ape-like creatures you know trying to you know bash each other in the head with you know bones and shit <laughs> what's that i think we watched a different episode <laughs> <laughs> well you never know i mean at the end of the episode, you don't really see what they're doing. Oh, yeah. So, but uh, yeah. anyways, total anarchy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyways, randomly um, running in circles. But that kid, though, um, let's not yeah, blaze over him. Kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, I mean, first his hair. It was just like, wow, that's wow. But you know, all that <laughs> stuff aside, the thing that really struck me the most, the one part that I just really loved was like, I guess it's his mom or something. He comes out with all, he just pukes out all this information and the show is kind of like i felt like leading you to believe maybe he's you know more yeah. than just this kid or whatever but whatever that's cool but he says this stuff and like i think steve or whatever's like <laughs> calm down tommy and <laughs> his mom or something comes up and she's just like <laughs> she's like i know i know it, it, it's just it just sounds crazy it's just crazy and it and he turns around and we get this shot of him turning around and looks at her like like she's like isn't it the craziest thing and he just turns around and i swear he said something else but all i heard was bitch shut the fuck up because <laughs> <laughs> like he turned around and looked at her like that and i was like oh tommy's about to go the fuck off <laughs> it was great I'll redub that <laughs> it did it felt was, like he was being redubbed over it, yeah it does it, it kind of was like into the what was the um the last twilight zone episode where they completely redubbed that poor kid with like an old lady voice um where um, it's like into the looking pool or something like that or by the wishing pool or oh the bewitching pool yeah like That's that the, the, the redub the adr on that one is so freaking atrocious <laughs> but i will say they always it's movies tv the whole nine yards it's always a creepy kid that drops the stuff that's probably sort of true unless you're trying to prove the the people wrong about women yeah but i mean this portion of the episode i mean what did you guys think of it did you, did you feel it was a good way to start the episode do you feel i mean if you didn't i i'll put this out here i think it's a great episode i loved everything about it but if there's parts about it you didn't like i mean like tommy I, he's very a weird kid you would think he would be the the whatever's the actual thing is going on but what do you guys think of like this first section of the episode when it's starting to slowly eke into you know, like pure chaos eventually i mean to some extent you could look at it as you know it's it's planting that seed of suggestion and it kind of sits there and kind of festers and grows over time, even though it's a, it's a kid dropping a thing, you know, kids want to be part of the conversation and all that stuff. So they put their knowledge out there and whatnot, their experiences in the world. And even though it's crazy and out there and based on a book or a movie or whatever, 
it's still it becomes the most logical like piece for all the folks that are around there watching and it's like what made you jump to that but just how it grows and i guess the the way it grows is incredible but this yeah. kid's like very specific and very concise in his wording. That's what threw me off. Because any other, any, yeah, kids run up and they sh- say crazy shit. You're sitting here talking about why is why is this off and the electricity and everything's going crazy? And they'll just run up and be like, you know what? I think it has something to do with the leaves. The dirt told me <laughs> it has this, and it's because <laughs> I saw like this My Little Pony episode, and the leaves were alive and they were happy, but you made them sad when you stepped on them. <laughs> So they took, I just say some crazy shit like that. And you're like, okay, go, go back to the kids table right now. (laughs) You know, what's funny. That's the way kids talk. Like they will talk like that. They don't sound like Tommy. I can tell you that much. They don't just like, Tommy's a fucking alien. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. He may not think he's an alien, but he is an alien. He's going to be alien. He's going to be alienated his whole life. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) More than one chest burster has come out of that kid. They left because they were so annoyed by him. Yeah, all that goo that came from the chestbursters made his hair like look that way. All right, oh, dude. Yeah. He, he had too much hair for that fucking haircut because like <laughs> he was like going straight up, and that part was fine. He had like this fade, but the sides like came out like that, like he was hiding like a super big head or some shit. <laughs> it's like, dude, get a haircut before you get a haircut like that. That didn't make any sense. Yeah. But a hairdo like that, like it's supposed to go straight up on the sides, but kind of like came out like he's wearing fucking cans like me. For him, <laughs> I do no. think. Um, oh, I, I <laughs> no, do God. sort of think that the way that they that they poise the kid as having that precise of a piece, like you look at sci-fi in that in that time and place. Even if you're just talking B movies, there was so much influence with like space race and all that stuff, and I I think that specific of a piece like stuff went to hell so fast everybody was just like well look he was right you know it's like it's like last week when you were talking about how you saw like didn't see grand ams anywhere jacob and then all yeah. of a sudden you saw grand ams everywhere grand prix yeah grand prix yeah. yeah you're seeing you're seeing the all the stuff that makes you think well crap he's right you know yeah you're seeing it's like the veil is lifted and right you see that the pontiac grand prix is everywhere I mean, look at how many people you know, like, relate what's 90s. happening now to 1984. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can look at that book and go, wow, that was a really crazy ass book. And like, oh, there's stuff that's happening now. But people do that all the time with stuff. Oh, you know, Mark of the Beast. Oh, the barcodes and, and you know, chips and credit cards and the Internet and, you know, vaccine. I'm, all of it. All of it is the Mark of the Beast. It's that same kind of feel, though. Yeah. I'm just waiting. I would say I'm just waiting to sit on a bench and have this woman in these like really crazy clothes come with a hammer and destroy the TV, you know, as she's running down like a <laughs> uh, holding the torch. So. Speaking of hammers, um, when the uh, handyman walked by the screen, you think that hammer has some significance or something? Because they zoomed in on it like and held that shot for a few seconds. It's Would like, that have been like maybe something Russia related, like the sickle and hammer kind of a thing? Like, well, in the end, what happens in the end? That's how yeah. we identify that character, but still, it's like, maybe, damn, guys, maybe, how about some subtlety? Maybe Rod Sterling was hammering some points in. Yeah, <laughs> look at you. Yeah, <laughs> he did it last night, episode everybody. too, though, with that. Uh, what was it? The the bag. Mm-hmm. Like it, like focused on that bag and like f- like zoomed in on the bag and focused there for like ten minutes, and then like, I wonder if this bag means something. Same thing with the hammer. <laughs> We're it's just gonna mirrors. learn that. 
know. We're just going to learn that Nan Adams has all these tools in her belt or in a car. Probably. Yeah. Good old Nan. Yep. She's always prepared. She is. Uh, to well, run you know, your when... ass the fuck over. <laughs> 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 well, when the devil is riding shotgun, what else can you do? Exactly. Yeah. So with that said, um, the real kind of turning point of this episode, the kind of start the Charlie going off the deep end and Steve trying to save everyone, like being the cool headed guy. Uh, Les is introduced pretty much um, right after this. And less than an individual that he's trying to start his car and it won't start. And what's crazy is less is a normal man, as we see through the entire episode, but they start questioning why he was inside his house when the, the quote, the quote unquote meteor came by. Oh, by the way, sunspots do. There are been accounts of sunspots affecting the earth, by the way. Oh, I know. I just like in that time and place, it seemed like everything was blamed on sunspots. Oh yeah. You gotta blame the sun for everything. It's can't blame ourselves. Yeah, weather blame. (laughs) Hmm. Um, but like I said, Les is they they automatically just jump to conclusion that because Les didn't come out of his house, that he automatically must be the alien. And then all of a sudden the car starts, and then you're like, shit, this guy's an alien. And then um (laughs) everybody starts like yelling at him and cursing him out. I mean, not really cursing him out, but you know what I mean. They're just like he must be an alien because why is his the car that's only starting the only one that's starting and he's like i don't know what you're talking about we've lived with you guys for around you guys for five years how can i be an alien it's like he's been plotting his points down in the basement for you know five years it's like um, yeah all this shit over a fucking remote start i mean come on yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) yeah they literally just like he had the key in his pocket it just it just starts you know what can you say it was the 60s i tapped the button twice it was my bad (laughs) But this is guys, like, by the know, way, I am not an alien. No, I, don't <laughs> I uh, will not be sending you over my uh probes. Uh, why not? <laughs> my probes are incoming, <laughs> just get ready for that. shit. I'm all about some probes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Tommy seems to have like a, an, a way of stopping Steve from leaving town, apparently, or going to town. He's like, listen. The thing I just told you, you got to listen to. It. I have more to tell you that I just told you. That it's going to be the exact same thing. You know, it's just like, Tommy, go away. This guy's trying <laughs> to figure out what's going on in this town of Maple Street, you know? Listen, but, Linda, listen. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, they, they're doing this basically a witch hunt. They're accusing Les of being an alien. His wife's trying to, you know, help him. And then, like, don't they, they like transport back to like nighttime and they're like staring him down, like in um, the burbs or some shit. And, like you know charlie is drinking his uh probably blood juice or something i don't i don't know but it's like they're just like gathered together just like staring at this guy's house and they're keeping an eye on him yeah but i mean like that's the whole entire first act is it starts to really show you the unhinged nature of what it's like to apparently live in a neighborhood with a bunch of white people you know it's just like they have nothing better to do but blame each other for being aliens and charlie is just like the most unhinged person in the world he's probably the guy that he's probably the father of russell crowe from uh, unhinged you know he's, he's going around <laughs> beating people in the truck so but no i mean everybody's amazing in this episode jack weston especially as charlie but he is a he is somebody else not to be reckoned with apparently he's a trying to convince everyone that less is an alien and they start breaking down on everyone they're like every, like everybody starts accusing everyone like steve goes over to charlie blaming him for being an alien 
then Charlie goes and like, oh, you're building, what are you doing in your basement and all that good stuff. And I, I love it. I love what's going on just because of the simple nature of paranoia affects all of us in some form or fashion at some point, you know, we get paranoid about, you know, keeping our family safe and shit. And I don't know. what do you guys think? I'm kind of tangenting, but what do you guys think of that whole entire, you know, stuff that I probably haven't included and stuff, all that good stuff. Yeah. Triv reminded me that the whole night stuff actually happens after the act, but is the second act. But I mean, we'll get into more depth on the uh, second act and the night stuff when everything just completely goes insane. But I mean, I, I, in all honesty, like after the first act, when Les and they're accusing Les and blah blah blah, what did you guys think of it? Was it an episode that you felt was had a really interesting message i mean do you i mean putting all the all the weird tommy shit beside what did you guys <laughs> think of that first act like to me the stuff it's dealing with is very relatable in every sense of the word for every single person who's lived in every single decade just on the basis of what it's trying to do but what did you guys in all honesty what did you guys think of what the act, what the first act was doing what it was trying to say about people's logic and reasoning in a very weird situation i, I mean it, oh, that's my oh. question Oh, no, uh, it definitely like, you know, the Tommy stuff, we joke about it, but I mean, it's a it's not a small thing, but it's not like the overarching thing about what goes on the first act of this. You know, it just you kind of see, you know, one small pebble gets the ball rolling on, you know, this thing that they can't explain. And so they try and figure out a way to way to justify and understand what the hell's going on. And for some reason, they go to like the furthest possible thing that you could possibly imagine that there's aliens and that they're among them and that you know the the one person that's not there like the guy you know can't get his car to start he gets out of the car a little bit of time passes and then all of a sudden the car starts and they automatically go well you know this guy's clearly an alien because his car started without him in it and it's like well clearly if if he was an alien i doubt very much he would have you know let the car start he wouldn't have wanted to give himself away like it's yeah. almost counterintuitive to what's going on like you'd want to stay hidden you wouldn't want to make yourself known i don't know i think it's because it wasn't on a set it was all on location it was probably yeah. on a lot i'm sure but <laughs> it was on location it also had a little bit just from that it had a little bit of a different feel than some of the more recent episodes we've watched yeah, because a lot of them have been on sets or in sets predominantly so i like that and like like both of you mentioned there's no secret as to the direction that this episode's going and what it's all about yeah um, you know it's going to be kind of like a, a a finger pointing uh mm. thing here right after the or after the commercial break but um i like how they set it up and even though like we we joke like Trish said, we joked about Tommy and all that. You got to have that character that gets the ball rolling, especially in a 25 minute episode. You got to have somebody oh, yeah. come along just like, hey, by the way, bleh, here's that. You know, <laughs> roll with it. You know? Exposition. Um, and uh, what better? I mean, yeah, have a kid who said, I've, I've read it all in my comic books, you know, and that, I mean, that's that's cool. Um, I, I liked how it showed, it illustrated, especially during that time when paranoia was on the rise. Or it was an all-time high, probably the Cold yeah. War, and, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, and all that. Uh, it showed how everybody was just so quick to turn on, literally their neighbors, and just point the finger, uh, just just real quick, be like, "Oh, it's them!" They're there, and you see it all starting here in the beginning here. Like you got the guy uh, 
Charlie. Who's starting his, yeah, Charlie, who's trying to start his car and all that. And or less. Like, that's oh, less. Okay, yeah. less. And yeah. they're like trying to start his car and it didn't. And then it started without a minute. And he's like, yeah, that's weird. But that doesn't make me a fucking alien. Or like, yeah, it does. He knows something about it. And the guy's just like, what the hell? You guys are crazy. Now, that guy did act weird as hell, I'm going to say. I don't know if he's a monster or an alien, but there's something up with him. He's got something in the basement. There's some people tied <laughs> up or something. He, seen, he just seemed a bit weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. He responded weird. But uh, I think that was purposeful as well. I think that they did that anytime it focused on a character and if they could or could not be, you know, uh, have something to do with the, whatever's going on. It always made them act a little bit odd. So, Agreed. you know, it, it, it kind of, I think the show was trying to placate to that and just like get us to thinking, oh, could it be them? Could it, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was, it was well done. And I mean, it does, it plays a lot on the paranoia of the time. Mm -hmm. And I think Nick mentioned, even though this is specifically paranoia of like Cold War and war coming to us and being blown to hell being invaded by outside you know uh, aliens if you will uh it is kind of timeless and like you see people acting like this now people are so quick to turn on somebody in a heartbeat because of an implication of somebody said a thing oh well it must be true you know we see that a lot now so i do think this is still a relevant story up to this point least. we'll throughout the whole thing but especially up to this point even today Oh yeah. Well, they actually, when they relaunched uh, uh, Twilight Zone in 2002, it said yeah, um, they, they actually redid, they remade this episode, but with more of a focus on terrorism and not so much, yeah. you know, aliens. And it was a government-based thing, not a, um, not a, an alien-based thing. I will also but, add, like, they were talking about, you know, like normal things that people do. So Les would stand outside at night and stare up at yeah, the stars that's, yeah, or that's in the second yeah, yeah yeah or is it in the second half oh shit, yeah um well no i was gonna say was, well no they talk about it in the first half he said because it's daytime it's daytime when he says oh yeah it's sorry, insomnia yeah, yeah. the only thing i'm guilty of is insomnia i mean he talks about it more at night because mm -hmm. apparently they just stand outside his house and he stands there comes out with <laughs> yeah. his I'm it's the early rendition of the burbs. I'm telling you, they're watching the, the clopex <laughs> i love the burbs yeah. oh it's such yeah. a good movie i haven't Freaked watched that forever yeah, same. especially the uh, barbecue scene, the one like the nightmare scene, and there's like Texas yes. Chainsaw Massacre mixed with like <laughs> the 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 story of the the guy who murdered his family or whatever. And, but no, the, there's a part where where Steve goes or uh, Tommy goes. They usually send four people: a mother, a father, and two kids. I'm like, I don't ever remember seeing Les have two kids. So he, it, it's basically what's happening is these people you know you put you're under extreme pressure or under extreme stress when something like a flash of light comes out and so you have this weird ass kid and all of a sudden you just have inklings of like holy shit there might be actually aliens like this is the twilight zone there might actually be aliens and i thought that was quite fascinating that you know the Died stupidest the thing mentality too yeah yeah true it's like that whole herd mentality thing and fear yeah. can come from anyone and everyone it brings out the worst in yeah. folks and evil I mean, dies I could, tonight. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly then there was that the one thing that this was missing from that perspective is a lady with an iron there was no lady with an iron and that made me sad yeah. <laughs> or just a lady staring out the window and just the killer just pops out random out of nowhere <laughs> you know that type of thing uh, spoilers no yeah yeah exactly. exactly 
Oh, we're just talking about Evil Dies tonight. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Random stuff we see on television. So. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Happens so, really yeah, often. And at the exactly. end, evil ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> Fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Should have put it on my worst of the year list. So anyways, like we said, the, the episode comes back from its act break and they're literally all staring down Les and his wife. Like I said, I don't remember seeing any kids. So unless Tommy's one of their kids or something like that, you don't see them having kids. But basically, like I was saying earlier, this is like the culmination of all the shit that starts to kind of unfold that's bubbling up as the episode's going along. And you see Charlie accusing Les, and they start accusing Steve. You see Steve accusing Charlie. You see a guy we don't know his name. I can't remember. It was like Bird or some shit. He's like accusing this, and they're all starting accusing everybody. And you know, it, it starts to basically show you what happens when shit just comes to a head, and it's a, it starts getting fucking bug nuts. I mean, there's a point where they're like all <laughs> arguing with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy comes bug down nuts. walking down the yeah bug nuts. i like that bug nuts. Fucking bug nuts. i've used that word years for years i love that line i can't remember I, like, I was in a movie but i like it yeah <laughs> bug nuts well being when we don't have like a word for the lexicon that's a good kind of replacement one um i mean i i got words. oh do you i mean it ain't great it ain't great but you uh, know it's like a scared, like bunch of scared fighting rabbits yeah. oh yeah that's true <laughs> that's I, I will I also Oh, that's okay. I will also add the lighting. Qu- Everyone is on a monster quest. <laughs> there you go. The the lighting when they come back from the break on Les and his wife, like it's kind of lit mm. from the bottom, so it kind of gives them that eerie lighting. So it does yeah. kind of reinforce the fact that there's something weird about them. I really that was a cool effect. I like that. Oh yeah, the movie. I mean, the movie. The, the show. Um, I actually did a review of a movie today where I talked about the same thing. It's a, one of those, just like the show, it's the whole time. It's who did this thing, who's involved. And whenever it's talking about, it does a good job of leading you down the road with them as to could this person be a part of the thing. But you all, you know, the whole time it's all misdirection. Yeah. Like, yeah. The show's trying too hard. The story is trying too hard to point me in that direction. So I feel like it's maybe it's the person doing the pointing. I don't know. It's like the thing. <laughs> exactly well the funny thing about this episode is it really like literally gets to the point literally the first second the episode starts and this is like one of the first times where i felt like they could have used like another 10 12 minutes of an episode added it in there and kind of flesh it out because as much as i love this episode there are points where you're like man they are just fucking going rocket fire on your ass and just kind of blasting you through the you know the warner brothers studio with all the hijinks <laughs> and shit and it's just like holy shit i can't keep up but that's the purpose i think that's what the purpose of what rod certainly is trying to do here and especially the director is they're, they're trying to keep you on your toes they're trying to keep you kind of what's the word when they kind of like you're kind of off base not off base but you're, kind you're of off filter. balance off balance there's never really a settling you know like for instance you can watch like you know last week's episode or elegy or um even the purple testament to a degree where there is a moment where you have a moment to breathe but i think he's trying to garner he's trying that, to keep it in a frenzy yeah he's garnered that paranoia for you where you're like you're questioning even you're even you're questioning like who could it be what who's the alien and that's what i like about it is never it never settles on just 
letting the episodes you know continue which makes you want more out of it that's what a good episode does or a good movie does where it gives you just enough but never will go too far and some of the episodes we'll see especially in the fourth season do that they go too far and that's what pissed off ross Sterling. but you know this gets to a point where you know they see a guy walking down the street and of course we see the hammer so we know it's p van horn it's like we're given that information that they're not given so we what what is crazy and what i love about it is they grab a shotgun and they have no idea who this person is and charlie's just like fuck it all and he just shoots the guy cold cock just in the face and it, it what, what's crazy is like it's like when you know who the killer is or you know who superman is and nobody else knows it gives you a realization that these people are just on their fucking nut off their fucking nut and they've just lost all sense of reality and there's nothing you can do about it you knew this guy was killed you know as a an individual but there's nothing you can do about it as much as you want to scream at the screen i just when i watch this episode more and more i start seeing that but you know i mean do you guys agree is there you know what did you guys think about that kind of stuff going on is there more you want to add to it is there less you want to i mean like i this is why i really love this episode is for those like really interesting kind of things that i feel ross Sterling is doing and so i don't know i'm talking way too much i apologize well, when um, they bring up the whole, because um, oh, the, the main guy, is it is it Stan or Brand? Steve. Steve, yeah. So when he Incredible. gets, when <laughs> when he gets um, uh, called out for having a ham radio in his basement, yeah. you know, he kind of goes off and says, you know, how long until, you know, there's a hanging court and all this stuff. And yeah, the, kangaroo like court, less, yeah. Kangaroo yeah, court. Kangaroo court. Yeah. I get questions then, about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then less, the, the guy that, that was, persecuted right before the break is like hey you know don't get excited don't get excited it's like they build this up and then there's this one guy that's like you know it's okay calm down it's not a big deal it's like clearly it's a big deal because everybody's losing their shit yeah yeah and there's gonna be a kangaroo court which what the <laughs> fuck is a kangaroo court i mean i think oh, I, I get I the know. basic idea but what i'm trying Isn't to remember what the what the basis for that is because there Isn't is actually that, like no no it doesn't involve uh uh pachyderms are they pachyderms is that what I call let no, me look it up quick. It. it has something to do with like um when the trial seems like it's all gone to shit i think it has to do with something like that and it it kangaroos. Like... <laughs> an unofficial court held by a group of people in order to find someone regarded as, as or find someone regarded especially without good evidence as guilty of a crime or misdemeanor <laughs> what it's like the lord of the take? flies basically <laughs> why do they call um obsensely the or um that the term comes from the notion of judging by leaps as in a kangaroo oh okay 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 there we go leaps well, I I like jumping to conclusion it's like basically, jumping to conclusion man like exactly <laughs> kangaroo so, court is a little bit more concise i think it's a mat where you jump to conclusions that's the worst idea i've ever heard in my entire life yeah it's so stupid these people man freaking out this guy has a radio. i mean they really like they they were like what what are you doing in that basement your wife's been telling us that you've been working on a radio and the big punch the the, the big uh, kicker is and we ain't never seen that radio i'm like <laughs> dude do you know how much shit my house my neighbors haven't like all of it there's a lot of shit my neighbors haven't seen in my house yeah the, the well, best then part his is... wife says that, oh, well, I, I, I got him a, a, a hand because I am right. Yeah, I got him a book mm -hmm. on it. I can show it to you. Yeah. And Steve's best, the Steve guys has, has like the best answer in the episode. He's like, yeah. Steve in, in anger sarcastically says, yeah, I talked to aliens. I talked to monsters. It's just like, he's just like, what the fuck is going on here? 
yeah he he did he was just kind of like you guys are all fucking idiots yeah sure yeah. that's it's me i'm talking to aliens and monsters <laughs> on my ham radio you sarcasm <laughs> i mean i know those truck drivers can be a little weird and offy but i mean uh, <laughs> well, i'm pretty sure they're not aliens and monsters well that you know they of. might be weirdos men in black may have something to say about that <laughs> you know what never comes up in this and it kind of kind of makes me sad so charlie's shirt is like the loudest thing i've ever seen in my mm. entire damn life but no one ever credits that with being an making him an alien well that's a good point well when he shoots he's like he shoots him he's like i thought it was an alien it's like it's pete you shot pete in the face did you not see the hammer <laughs> it's like god damn and or then his house turns on just shot a guy who's just walking down the fucking yeah. street I'm like, oh, there's somebody. But it was dark. It was dark. You're all outside. The whole neighborhood's walking down the street. Oh, but that one guy over there, instead of waiting till maybe whoever this person or thing, because it wasn't like running at him. Let's just see who it is. Let's wait this one out. I've got a shotgun, so we're good. No, exactly. Let's shoot him from down the street. (laughs) Yeah. Because why reasons? That's why. Exactly. I mean, I I know what they were going for, but still. Yeah. And was I I the only one that thought that they kind of like they gave away who he before he shot they gave away who it was that it wasn't you know an alien we knew hey i know that hammer i figured that it would have been like a he shot and then they're like who is it and then we see the hammer and we're like they shot such and so the builder or whatever (laughs) well that's what i was saying like um i think they did that on purpose to like i was saying that maybe show us who it is to give us the uncomfortable out. nature of there's nothing we can do to stop these un- stupid ass And you're people. probably right. Because yeah. it, it yeah. seemed very, that would seem like much more of a Twilight Zone way that it would go down. It's like they mm. would shoot this thing. It would lead us to believe it is some type of nefarious yeah. thing. They'd shoot it and then they're like, who is it? What is it? And as they're bending down, we see their, re- we see their reactions and we just see the hammer and then we're like, oh no! Dun, dun, dun! No! He was my favorite character. I love that hammer. <laughs> but you know, that's nobody one takes thing... it in the end, by the way, to go wreak havoc. Yeah, that oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the one thing that kind of, and maybe I've watched too many, you know, sappy movies, but normally when someone is killed, everybody pauses and that kind of snaps everyone back to reality. But mm-hmm. here it just basically leads, like they just fall off the slippery slope into like crazy town. That's another thing I did notice about it, Chelsea, and I mentioned is that like you just like you said i mean i figured that would have been the thing when it happened i was like okay now it's going to kind of like fade out and they're all just like oh no what did we do we all went fucking ape shit crazy no they're just like fuck this shit take it to fucking 11 grab bricks grab a fucking hammer and they just yep. go to town on this town well that's what's great like um the minute he shoots the guy because the way the the way the story officially ends is like you kind of understand why his house's light came on second because his light house comes on he's like they all he's like he's the alien and then they start throwing rocks at him and he like hits him in the head blood squirting everywhere and his wife comes out oh my god look at my husband he's a killed someone but he has blood so that's more important and <laughs> he's like the guy that died in the well, he's still alive you know they can do something for him they can't do yeah. anything for the dead guy yeah and then <laughs> did they really try they didn't i mean no, they shot they... him with a shotgun at range i mean Really but his glasses case. fell off. That that oh. right there tells you that he's dead. He's dead. He's the, real, me. the real question you have to ask yourself is, does Rod certainly hate dead people because he just like leaves them sitting in the middle of whatever <laughs> and yeah. they just walk yeah. away? It's just well, what can he do for him? I mean, it's a twilight zone. They I mean, can't really retrieve bodies from the twilight zone. 
I mean, Nan Adams is going to be driving by soon. At least pull him on the side of the road or something. God. <laughs> yeah, they don't no, show him then, very much respect. Yes, but no, but what ends up happening is I don't know if at this point the house is all turned, the lights turn on, like everybody house, but they just go straight to the kid. They just start blaming the kid for everything. Well, Charlie, like, Charlie says, him. I know, I know who it was. It was the kid. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that they didn't, being that they shot random guy in the dark. And I suppose like the Hayes code, they couldn't kill a kid, but I'm surprised that they didn't like try and kill him off screen. Too busy throwing rocks at each other, I guess. I yeah, mean, it may have, maybe they caught up with him. Yeah. She kind of got crazy there for a little And bit. what was with his mom? She didn't even try and stop him. She didn't like, you know, protect his ass or whatever. She was even in on it. She was like, well, was she though? Yeah, no, I don't. Like, he might kid. be. He might. You, you little bastards. You go out there talking a bunch of shit. This is what the fuck you got now. They're throwing bricks and shit in the fucking house. I just had that new double pane window installed. You, little <laughs> you get what you deserve. That was the tough love of the 60s right there. And that's why we got some real like, you know, men and women come out of that era because she didn't play. She was like, you get what you deserve, fucker. <laughs> I don't care if you, you are my young. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> through <laughs> uh, my lines i don't I care. want you to survive but you gotta survive this world first exactly <laughs> oh man Breaks i can't talk about it but there's a there's a good moment in a, a certain show i watch where that has the same kind of attitude when it comes to kids but um not killing them but just making them do pay for their consequences but so what happens from here they chase after the kid all of a sudden people's lights are coming off and on just shit just going haywire and all of a sudden, they just grab pitchforks and bats because apparently they're gonna break into each other's houses. I don't know. There's not really much they can steal that they hammers. don't know about, or they're yeah, they want to check hammers. that ham radio. <laughs> exactly. They're just basically. I think they're just gonna kill each other. But as we see, it does a, a slow pan back, and we see two people who apparently are wearing Forbidden Planet costumes or something yeah. like that. They're just sitting up on a hill with um, a machine, and th- this is when you're like oh shit okay uh where's this going and basically what they're doing is either they had a bet at a drunk frat party or <laughs> they have a commander who says you know what i want you to do go to planet earth find nan adams do whatever you need to do but they basically what they're doing is they're going from city to city and they're showing the plights of humans and the paranoia and they're literally causing the earth like independence day to they're basically allowing people to kill each other. Not really like Independence Day, but they're they're in essence like showing you how fucked up humanity is. And they're like, all right, what are we going to do now? And they're like, oh, we're just going to go to the next city and have them do the same thing and have the planet just like implode upon itself. And they kind of fly away and you find out that aliens have been fucking with these, uh, the, the street of Maple Street. But it basically, in the end, is basically just a paranoia thing. And just, a, you know, they were able to exploit the human situation human condition and it shows you what happens when one little seedling gets planted but um when it it slow zoomed out to these aliens they were there i know everybody else was like oh my it's aliens oh my god all i could think though was damn how about them old school earbuds they had oh those were awesome (laughs) like that was like the (laughs) genesis of beats by dre and they had like this (laughs) antenna that came way out here that they could like duck when they go into doorways and stuff it's pretty cool i want something like that oh dude that's like um in uh towering inferno there's a kid that's got uh like a basically a radio headset on and yeah the antenna on those suckers 
it like adds a, another the foot and a half. Band just doing like this number. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like adds a another foot and a half. <laughs> basically, it's another foot and a half to this poor little kid. I will say, I love seventies disaster movies. They're so over the top and crazy with the romantic love themes and shit. It's like okay. I'm seeing a disaster I movie here soon that Nick's already seen that he can't talk about. I'm hoping it harkens Dude, back to those old. I 70s. can't fucking talk about it, but everybody else is fucking talking about it. So why can't I <laughs> fucking talk about it? God damn it. Can you talk, talk about, about it by the movie. time this comes out? Um, yeah, it comes out on the 7th of February. So yeah, I'll have talked about it by then. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to be honest, I think it's one of the most batshit fun movies of the year. So that's nice. my opinion. Fuck yeah. Yes. I want to see that shit too. That looks awesome. We're talking yes. about things, a certain thing that falls out of the sky and a movie that's named after that, by the way. It's a cow. Yeah. Falls out of the sky. It's cow. Another jumping cow. over the moon. Over a moon. And then yeah. just fall. Where does it go after it jumps over the moon? Straight to the fucking ground. Basically. <laughs> uh, that third act. I'm telling you right now, the future Jacob, you're going to love that third act. I'm telling you. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. It looks <laughs> I just want so you to tell me stupid. what you think. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's it's bad. It's so he bad. will, but I won't. Um, I don't know. Triv, tell us more about Theodore Rex in the future. Oh god. <laughs> okay. Can I not? Uh, okay. So to kind of push forward, um, what do you guys think about the second act? Like, do you I'm trying to put that in the words that make it easier for myself to explain to people who are much smarter than I am. Do you think it do you think over the overall package, even with the second act, do you think it is fully completed? Did you want more out of it? What was your overall feeling on this second act and the entire episode? The is what I'm asking because, like I said, I have many thoughts, but many many I, thoughts that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how much else they, they kind of covered everything. You know, they, you know, you, I mean, it's this, pretty straightforward. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it started with like a a tiny little snowball or a tiny little thing at the top of the hill, and it snowballed into this gigantic riot on on Maple Street. There's no real coming back from that. Like neighbors aren't going to trust each other. You could you could show that part of it, but there's no real reason to because you you kind of know where it's headed. You know, it's gonna be broken windows. It's gonna be lawsuits. It's gonna be all that other stuff. Mistrust between neighbors. You know. That that happy-go-lucky, lovely scene will not return until new neighbors move into the neighborhood and the cycle starts anew. So I don't yeah, think there's a lot more. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot more to be said on it from that perspective. Mm. I mean, you know, and everyone's going to say, "Oh, I got caught up in the moment," or you know, there's always those kinds of you know yeah. afterthoughts. But in the moment, you know, blood blood is high, and everybody's going to just go crazy because that's what people do happens to me all the time man you know it gets crazy you gotta initiate the purge exactly <laughs> basically i mean that is what it is really yeah i i liked um the second half of the episode i thought it i i thought like triv said it it covered everything it put everything out there and gave us you know it, it made all of its points but i also like what you said nick that this episode really could have dealt it didn't harm it that it didn't but i would not have been offended if they had added 10 more minutes onto it just yeah. to kind of like flesh out some of the stuff that happened you can tell there was a lot he wanted to say and a lot he wanted to fit in here but man the episode moves at a clip it did i know it's only 25 minutes it didn't feel like 25 minutes it felt like no. about 10 minutes the entire episode i mean i was like damn that was quick oh no it's 25 minutes it's actually a couple of seconds longer than usual but um, <laughs> and overall, the episode I did, I really liked it. 
yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say it's my favorite one, but it was, it's up there. This is so far, at least this mm-hmm. was a, a solid episode that um, we talk a lot about when we're going to these episodes of like uh, some of them are bottom or top heavy. I thought this one was even. Yeah, it was it well balanced. A, it had a very uh, interesting opening or first half where it kind of establishes everything and gets you to thinking. And then the second half was kind of like, you know, digging deeper into that. I thought it was very, like, like Triv just said, well balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, I, I know I went on like a diet, like a tirade, not a tirade, but just a kind of a, a full fledged of what I thought about the, the episode. But I think what's really kind of interesting is, I mean, we talk about like, you know, the war effects and like Purple Testament, and we talk about, you know, the loneliness and stuff like that. But I think as an episode, I think what this movie, this episode does is it, it allows it to be of its time. It never feels like something that feels outdated outside of like the vernacular and some of the, the cars and stuff like that. It, but it's, and you watch like Jericho and stuff like that. It really is a, a thing that really inspires a lot of, you know, paranoia thrillers and paranoia in general. And, and like I said, the, the way it's kind of paced out and just, it just full, it's just like a race car or something like that. Just, fully goes at 100 miles an hour and then you get to the end and you just realize it's a couple people trying to fuck up the earth and trying to destroy it and it feels i think that's why i put it at number one like with the obsolete man is just, it feels like it's something that you know you're seeing in today's culture and you're seeing 10 years ago and during the or the gasoline shortage or um, yeah. iraq or whatever it just it's weird how one thing how our brains work and how it can trigger so easily and you know, we're all just like living on a planet that could be decimated in several seconds. And nowadays, it would yeah. be the monsters are due on Twitter. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. The monsters are due on uh, I'm the monsters are, yeah, <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's it's there are a lot of timeless stories, and this is this yeah. is just a reinforcement that people, you know, even though technology changes, a lot changes. But people by and large don't. Yeah, exactly. And to see like the juxtaposition from the beginning to the end is, is such a, it's an obvious, like the message is obvious. It's, they're not pulling punches as to what they're trying to say. You know, it's a message that, you know, goes across time. And it's one of the things that makes the twilight zone great because those messages, you know, they don't, they don't change for good and for bad. Not in this, this case, bad, but generally. You gotta wonder, is that why he made it aliens? Do you think he thought it's just that this would be timeless or do you think he was just like an interesting story that's very in the now right now but little well, did he know that it would make sense through the through the generations as well i think he i think he had a pretty good feel for what humans were but also i, I do think like how um a lot of the stuff that the original star trek dealt with you know they couldn't be straightforward they had to you know kind of skirt around stuff I think it had to be something that was abstract enough where it wasn't a straight on, you know, paranoia about, you know, another country. It was, you know, it had to be paranoia about something that was abstract a bit. Another race on another planet. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you could look at the invaders is also a paranoia, paranoia uh, episode that kind of leads into the same type of stuff when it comes to what we what we do, but. I can't wait yeah. to talk about that episode apparently now. So well, and, um, and at the time too, you had a lot of like again the, the B movie thing, the sci-fi thing was such a big part of what the Twilight Zone was. And I think it was probably a way to engage people a little bit easier. It it didn't 
it didn't lecture at people it entertained people while informing them i think um okay so with that said uh jacob i'll go ahead and let you lead the closing narration the tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout there are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes and prejudices to be found only in the minds of men for the record prejudices can kill and suspicion can destroy and the thoughtless thoughtless frightened search for a scapegoat has a fallout all of its own for the children and the children yet unborn and the pity of it is that this thing these things can't be confined to the twilight zone that is very that true is the truth there's some there's some deep uh thoughts there from jack handy on the narration <laughs> yeah the narration. exactly uh, but yeah he says it pretty clearly this shit happens every day of our life and will continue to happen every day of our life and it doesn't necessarily need to be a nuclear weapon or a, a car or you know a, a hammer or um jeff or the thing he has in jeff's eyeball um <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah it's, it's pretty self-explanatory what it's doing so um with that said that is the episode which is the monster to do on maple street it's an episode that, you know, I think we could spend hours upon hours just dissecting and get some really good information out of it. Yeah. So, I was going to ask it. I was going to yeah. ask, did you guys have anything further on the kid? Like just that whole kind of, I don't know. He's, like there was something the about the kid and I don't, I don't know. Like you look he, at, he, you look at how, oh, go ahead. He's one of those, he's just one of those characters that's like Melissa last week. He's like a, um, I can't remember what the term is, but he is literally just there to give information to the plot to move it forward. And then they, they throw him a little bit at the end. There's no real purpose yeah. to his character. He's just like, hey, wrestling is like, hey, kid, on the street. Literally an exposition <laughs> dump. Yeah, yeah, true. Do you want to get? Do you want to do an expedition dump and then get murdered by people? Come yeah, on, exactly. Board. I'm just the messenger, I swear. Exposition <laughs> dump and then you get lynch. Good old-fashioned lynching. Yeah, exactly <laughs> sure okay um so with that said let's go ahead and head into the twilight zone list uh rankings that we do each week um that goes from 1 to 21 so far walking distance is number one 21 is number or 21 is number uh the fever is number 21 so i know this is going to rank high i have to ask do you think this is number one just be honest i think it's number one but i am willing to work yeah. I always joke I'm going to argue with you but it, to me if it were my list it would always be number one up there with the absolute man but we have walking distance and purple testament is one and two um, I know how passionate Jacob you are for purple testament um, yeah. where, where, where would you put it in all honesty I'm sure if you can speak to sorry right I'm <laughs> trying to figure it out for myself too it's um, I think it has I... more to say than the purple testament but that's just my opinion so well, yeah, I mean, it definitely has more to say than the Purple Testament. Um, I just think the Purple Testament, what, what did it for the Purple Testament is just so well made. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's probably just based on, you know, all its subtext and also the, just how tight it is. Mm-hmm. So tight to the point to where it, it feels a little rushed at times. But yeah. um, I felt like, yeah, I would say either number one or number two. Walking Distance... 
I know you guys love that episode, and I don't hate it by any means, but I don't think I have quite the affinity for it that you guys did. But I think we talked about that before. But maybe if I was on the episode, I, you know, I would have, oh, yeah, yeah, that probably would have like uh, uh, changed my mind on it just a little bit. Once again, I think it's a great episode. I just, I didn't find it just like, oh, this is the best. I think it was more of that, may have been more like this one too, where it was more what the episode had to say. Yeah. Maybe added to it uh so i would put it in my opinion i'd rather watch this than walking distance if i had the two next to each other (laughs) and since i think that it is overall better than the purple testament i guess yeah i'm gonna go with number one but like you said if it if it's number two or whatever even below that i mean i'm okay with it i'm gonna say number 22 Gotcha. Oh, oh <laughs> sucks. Yeah. I'm giving you a gold Tommy, star man. for being. A, I'm giving you a gold star for being uh, bold. <laughs> exactly. No, I, 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 I think I'd go with it too. I mean, I would normally say not number one just to confound you, Nick. But in this case, yeah, I, I think it's it's a very but, solid episode. It's it does walk not, a razor's edge. Let's be let's be absolutely honest before we actually decide this. I'm not trying to throw my dick out there to on the table. Hey, going, this is number one. Wow. Um, wow. I'm just saying, Your like, dick's I coming think out. It's number one. <laughs> <laughs> I just think here, here, here. Here's how I was looking at Walking Distance. Walking Distance uh, we did with Rob as a guest host, and it was an episode that came like I think in the fourth episode of the season. And it was such an impactful episode that it really kind of it never really left that spot. But as we've seen as the series moves along, you know, Purple Testament, to be fairly honest, if I were to do this list today with walking distance, I'd put Purple Testament above walking distance. But I think it's just how you how you view things at the time. But I've like I said, when it comes to uh, Maple Street, I just think it has uh, like an everlasting message that some of these episodes don't. Yeah. I mean, walking distance is more nostalgia, but I think what Maple Street does, and even Obsolete Man does, which I keep coming back to, is just how how prescient they are and how scary it is to even think about this kind of shit being still a thing in today's society. And that that's that's where I'm come down. Why I would put it yeah. at number one, but and I don't think I don't, don't want to make you guys think that I'm like no. forcing you to do that. So. No, I don't think I don't think either one of us is is thinking that at all. I, I think that it's what you're talking about makes a lot of sense. It covers like the the timelessness of the message. I, I and it's it's a solid episode. You know, it walks the razor's edge. It's like Jacob said. It's it's so it's so tight and it's just frantic from you know the first minute. You know, you get that little nice opening scene and then it's just like you know into chaos and just deeper and deeper oh. into it. Yeah, it and is it really, tight as hell. It's, I mean, it's so much so that where it's almost like, like I said, it almost feels a bit rushed at times. Yeah, but it's, yeah. I mean, that it's twenty five minutes. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I understood think it, why that, it was that way. They're having to cram a lot in. Yeah, and I'll even make the case like later on when you guys talk about you know the invaders or we talk about um, the obsolete man, which like I said, I keep bringing that up, but they could make a case for those being number one because they have you know, the same type of messages and, yeah. you know, the things, things about, so. Well, and that's down the road a bit too. I mean, yeah. for this episode at this moment, I mean, I, I think it falls as one. I mean. Cool. Was that cool with you guys? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. We have a new. We wouldn't say one. it. Yeah. We wouldn't say it if we didn't think it. All right. Well, I we're win. not, we're not, we're not 
you know, bowing down before you because of your your dicks out and wants you to put it away. <laughs> try, I try. Um, so I, I win five boxes. I won a bet. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, <laughs> if there's money exchange, it goes back to number twenty-two. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like yeah. I said, I, I I was wondering what you guys would think of this episode. You know, me talking about it for 22 <laughs> weeks. So, um, no, it's so, it's an excellent episode. There's absolutely no doubt yeah. about that. So, yeah. so with that said, um, your number one is the monsters are due on Maple Street. It uh, now takes over walking distance spot, which has been quite a while. 22, the fever. So at the bottom, probably stay there for. I don't know, probably the whole entire series. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. But until the next terrible episode. Exactly. But um ugh. the next episode. I was just saying, ugh, I, to, I can't take another <laughs> one like that. Um at least till but season the next four. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Jezbel. Um <laughs> so with that said, that'll do it for our take on season one, episode twenty-two, which is Monsters You Do on Maple Street. Uh, next episode is uh, not written by Ross Sterling, written by Rod, Rod, Rod Richard Matheson, directed by Ted Post. It's called uh, A World of Difference. I don't remember this episode at all, so I can't you know, tell you what I think of it at this moment. But um, yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. So with that said, uh, that'll do it. Uh, Triv, Jacob, as the pistol whips of my heart, I appreciate you guys coming on as always. <laughs> um, Jacob, uh, when you're not, you know, gunning down a uh, VR characters or beating sabers or whatever you do, uh, where can they find your content at? You can find me at Jacob Anders Reviews on YouTube. I also have a newly launched gaming channel, which Nick was referring to, where I do games and stuff. I'm doing a lot of VR stuff now. I'm really into VR, so I'll probably continue to do a lot of VR stuff. But there'll be other game stuff on there, too just regular games going to be doing a lot of streams um vr streams and other streams uh but waiting to get a little bit more of a stable internet connection before i start to uh do that hopefully that will be soon and you can also check me out on twitter at red neville 2 but yeah check out uh check out all our channels but check out that gaming channel mm -hmm. i'm trying to build it up to get some uh i don't know reach a broader audience i guess oh it's a yeah good you just did um uh what's the song that was um the rap song you did um tricky yeah it's tricky tricky. It's tricky that was awesome how you nice. how it did like the circle thing i thought was kind of cool so like the half circle <laughs> thing triv when you're not beating off dinosaurs with a, with a hammer we're gonna Be, you beating off dinosaurs <laughs> When you're not, I'm sorry, I, cu I couldn't help it. I'm sorry, okay. Trim, I did not mean for that. When you're not like hiding from dinosaurs in your theater with a hammer, where can they find your content? I'm beating sabers, she's beating off dinosaurs. Well, if I'm beating off dinosaurs, maybe that's what's in the cup. Beating off, oh, oh, or, oh God. Uh, what's the name? Theodore's Rex, Theodore Rex, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rex. Theodore Rex. Rex. You said Theodore Rex. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the, the name of the movie has now become clear holy shit there are actually yeah. a lot of sex references in this or maybe just my mind possible anyway um you yeah, can john find... hammond's looking for that cup by the way oh god <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no 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 that's okay <laughs> better him than than other people that we DNA in a cup. yeah oof. um <laughs> sorry um you can find me um here on youtube at trivial theater um i just put out literally just put out my theater rex review hopefully by the time this goes up i'll have a new one out but i'm not holding my breath um if so it's 
Mystics of Bali, which is a wild ass ride. So uh, definitely tune in for those. Um, you can also find me on uh, Twitter at trivia underscore chick. Awesome. And uh, me, you can find me at movie Emporium at movie Emporium on Twitter. Um, as you're aware, I will be putting out a non-spoiler and a spoiler review for a certain badass batshit crazy film that yeah. may or may not be directed. <laughs> that may or may not be directed by somebody who directed a, another disaster movie every five <laughs> 2012. Years. Yeah, 2012, and maybe Independence some, Day. Maybe you'll, yeah, maybe you'll see the day after tomorrow. I don't know. So, <laughs> anyways, find my content there. And once again, if you uh, if you like this content, you know, hit us up and subscribe. Also hit up uh, hit us up on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and wherever you find podcasts, rate, subscribe, listen to it. I think actually we sound better sometimes on the podcast because I think the audio comes better through than sometimes our video does for some weird reason. But anyways, go there. And uh, for Triv, Jacob, and myself, we'll see you next week on The Fifth Dimension. Peace out. Adios. Adios. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>